Hello and welcome to The Greenhouse. I'm Brethren Bilal. And I'm Anna Snow. And stay tuned for all things planet Earth. Today we have two topics as always. First, we're going to be talking about the Biden administration once again and their new Willow Project. And then we will also touch on my home state and algae blooms and red tide and all that stuff. Yep, something that happens every year. Yes. But first, as Anna alluded to, we have breaking news, yes. kind of. Um, Frothin texted me while I was on the plane back from, <laughs> like, I landed, and then I got a text from Frothin. I was like, oh. Because <laughs> usually we do, like, evergreen topics, something mm-hmm. that, like, people know a lot about. But yeah. this was, like, a developing story that, like, mm-hmm. had just happened. So we're happy to discuss it today. Yes. Uh, and, of course, we're talking about something called the Willow Project. Um, it is an oil drilling project in Alaska. Uh, And it's highly controversial. So we're going to break it down. We're going to give you the nuts and bolts, as they say. Mm -hmm. So here's basically the gist of it. Here's what it is. Um, It is a potential project that has the chance to hold 600 million barrels of oil, which obviously that's a lot. Um, CNN estimates the gas produced could power up to 2 million gasoline-powered cars a year. Yeah, so the project has not been completed yet. Yes. It has only been approved. But the numbers that they're speculating this could reach uh, is really high. And it's something that has a lot of people shocked, yeah. especially with the last number you just said, 2 million gasoline-powered cars. That's that's quite a bit. Yeah. And, you know, I think one thing that a lot of environmental people agree on, and I think it's more and more people are starting to agree on, is that gasoline is something that people want would like to phase out as much as they can yeah uh, we talked about gas sure. stoves a yes. couple weeks ago and electric cars and stuff like that and this willow project at full capacity would generate about 9.2 million metric tons of carbon every single year every single year That's crazy. Um, it's really crazy and i think what was funny about this and we talk about politics for a second is that these numbers are from Joe Biden from yeah. the Biden administration. Yeah. So it's like they're acknowledging that this is going to ch- generate a lot of carbon pollution into the mm-hmm. air. And we all know what happens when you put carbon into the air. And it's not just carbon pollution into the air. It's um, affecting the land and a lot of endangered species and animals that live in that area. This Willow Project um, would be being constructed on the nation's largest swath of undeveloped land, about 200 miles north of the Arctic Circle. Um, so that's a big piece of uninterrupted land that has been, you know, left alone for the, you know, natural inhabitants, the animals, the, you know, the plants and stuff like that. And now it's just going to get drilled right through. Yeah. I mean, they've always had problems. Uh, these like the northern areas near the Arctic Circle, mm-hmm. like animals, ice has been melting. Their habitat's been slowly being destroyed already. Yeah. Now we're intent. Now people are may intentionally go in there and mm-hmm. do something to benefit humanity. But I guess the animals are being left out. Yeah, like, and I, I don't want to only talk about like one animal that's more important than others. But polar bears are one that people talk about a lot. People want to protect them. Polar bears already face some of the most habitat loss of like any other endangered species. Like the only other ones that kind of compare are ones in the rainforest and stuff where they're just cutting trees down left, right, and center. Um, So they already are facing so much habitat loss, and then this is taking another big chunk away. And I think we talk about polar bears a lot, and that's, I think, what a lot of people immediately think about when you talk about Alaska. the New York Times article that I clicked on that I was reading about polar bears, right at the the first photo you see. That's why we clicked on it. Exactly. I was like, oh, cute. But you also got to think about the animals in the water. There's animals in the water exactly and there's also caribou and whales and other species of bears and migrating birds that also will be greatly affected by this yeah. um, 
oil pipeline. This project. is a really odd story, and just adding on top of how odd this is, I um, indigenous tribes, you know, people indigenous to Alaska. Mm -hmm actually wanted this. They cited a, this oil plant um, would bring revenue, which mm -hmm. is something that we didn't expect because oftentimes when we're talking about indigenous tribes and like big corporations, usually they're opposing each other. Yes. And you see a lot of that, especially with, you know, some of the other pipelines that were trying to be built through the U.S. They were all opposing it. It was, and I want to say that maybe there was the, I can't remember the name of it, but there was one pipeline that was going through specifically North like, Dakota. In North Dakota that was going through specific like sacred land. Um, so, I mean, that could have had an effect. It had, like, you know, historical and religious value to um, these tribes. Um, and so maybe this land doesn't have that going for it. But generally, I see most, you know, indigenous people wanting to be being against building these, you know, oil projects and stuff like that. And it was really surprising to me. So um, one of Alaska's current senators, she's the first um, native person elected by Alaska, and she's all for this. Yeah. And another thing that they that these articles that we were reading kept throwing around was bipartisan. So Republicans, Democrats. Because mm -hmm, she is a Democrat and she's very for this. Um, but the other senator from Alaska is a Republican and he's also all for this. Like they're. Yeah. And we're speculating like why that might be the case. Mm -hmm. Maybe Alaska is getting attention. The reason I think is jobs. Jobs mm -hmm. is often big for a lot of things. Yes. Um, it's estimated that this could get 2,500 construction jobs and 300 permanent jobs once this mm -hmm. line is and like drilling facility is built. And 300 jobs, all this is being put up for 300 jobs. That doesn't um, sound like that much. Yeah. It I mean, doesn't. Compared yeah. to the grand scheme of how many people there are. Yeah. And it's for oiling, which once that oil dries up, but, and I know Alaska's like really rich in oil and it's really mm -hmm. like untapped and. It comes at an interesting time, too, because I think we've talked about how high gas prices were. Mm -hmm. So at times people might have thought, oh, we need to increase more gas, get more supply in there. Yeah, uh, because that's and how that is, prices work. That is a big factor. in this is wanting to get those gas prices back down. Um, and in that same New York Times article that we were just talking about, um, I was reading that Biden has doing in doing this. He's really isolated um, a lot of young voters, especially because. Um, all these studies and polls show that young people care about the environment, probably because if you're only 20, you're going to be around for another 60 <laughs> years living in this environment, whereas an 80-year-old, they don't have much more time here on this planet. Um, but it could potentially help him with those um, middle-of-the-road kind of independent voters who care about the, the gas prices and stuff like that. Yeah, and the 2024 election is just like 18 months away. Exactly. So maybe trying to get that... Biden hasn't officially announced that he's running yet, but maybe this is the Trying lead up to, to something yeah. he wants to and do. I do think, though, it's interesting that he was going for that kind of middle of the road independent vote, but he cut out another big, you know, um, or big number of voters. So, like, is it really worth it? You know, like you just, I don't know. Yeah. And, you know, I think a lot of people would do the same thing Biden did. They because they probably understand that, like, you know, you want to get the middle of mm -hmm. America something that everyone can agree upon. Yeah. Uh, so I can see it's not just Biden that would do this. So it's interesting. Mm -hmm. But this decision sets a lot of Biden's goals back because mm -hmm. this is something he campaigned on. He has made, like, a series of promises that would help the environment. He uh, promised he would do something with the Secret Service fleet to make their 
cars, like car fleet, more electric. Because mm-hmm. uh, you know those stereotypical big black, big SUVs, black SUVs, all the tinted windows, all the and those through, flashing yeah. lights, um, making them electric. So it would have saved gas. Um, he's hosted several leadership summits where he says the U.S. is in charge of looking is in charge of the future of energy. We've talked he, about those on, on here, too. And during the State of the Union, which was last month in February, mm-hmm. he said that climate is an existential crisis. It's also worth noting that one of his um, promises when he was running, one of his campaign promises that he really ran on, was he said that there would be no more drilling on federal land, period. Like, end of sentence. Like he, he said that many times. It's quoted. There's videos of him saying it. So it's interesting that now, you know two, two and a half years into his um, presidency that he's just going back on that. He's like, never mind. Yeah, exactly. Um, and it's it's it's, such, it's just such an interesting um, thing. One other note about, or actually, oh, sorry, I forgot what I was saying, but um, now I remembered. Willow is the first project that Biden um, f- approved without like pressure from Congress or anyone without a mandate. He did this on his own, mm-hmm. which is so, so like, interesting. And no one put pressure on him. And it comes just as, so the International Energy Agency has said that governments must stop approving new oil, gas, and coal projects if the planet is to avert the most catastrophic impacts of climate change, which that is a direct quote um, from the New York Times, and that's in, you know from the International Energy Agency. Um, so right as they put out this saying, no more, Biden's like, let me do more. Yeah. And sometimes I think a lot of people maybe or just who care about the environment maybe overreact, like mm-hmm. to, to play devil's advocate. Like sometimes people overreact. And I think it is important for yeah. us to note that one decision doesn't change someone's entire ideology. Yeah. But as we also talked about earlier, we don't want to underplay this either because this is such a huge decision because he did it on his own, mm-hmm. which kind of shows that he has these thoughts behind him that yeah. we should drill. Um, a and, little bit more on the timeline. Yeah. And then it's also, so this project has been in the works since 2018. Um, and it's um, from a company called Kanoko Phillips. Um, and it's worth noting that this company has owned that land and wanted to drill on it um, for two decades, but they never had the permits. And they, so the administration attorneys argued that refusing a permit would trigger a lawsuit that would cost the U.S. government $5 billion. Wow. Um, because they're, technically they have legal leasing rights in owning that land and stuff like that. Um, and... ConocoPhillips is also Alaska's largest crude oil provider already. Yeah. Um, it makes sense why they had that permit. So there may not have been pressure from Congress, but I think there was some pressure for him to approve it so that they don't that the American government doesn't get taken to court and then have to pay $5, five. billion. Dollars and up to. Like, that's not an exact amount. Um, but they would... There'd be a lot of uproar over that. Like, yeah. taxpayer money going to that. And staying in the courts, um, Earth Justice and a few other environmental organizations have said that they plan on suing the U.S. government, saying that um, they did have the right to deny these permits and that they should have not signed this off. So I think it looks like either way they're going to court, although they're probably better equipped to fight these environmental organizations than they are a huge oil company. Yeah, and one, like, interesting thing is when it comes to laws, um, from my understanding, there's something called an injunction. Um, and that's really important because if mm-hmm. an injunction is granted, the oil company would have to stop building 
in Alaska. It like puts it on pause. Yeah, and everyone's like, let's wait, let's figure it out. Um, so that would be really important, and I wonder what they'll do here. Because if an injunction happens, there'll be more time to think about it, and maybe this will be one of those things that never gets done um, in politics. Kind of gets kicked, the can gets kicked down the road. Mm-hmm. Um, let's get into the tech, uh, like more details now. Yes. Um, so this area is going to have three drilling rigs um, that will come out if it continues as has been approved right now. Mm-hmm. Um, in previous weeks, news outlets reported that the initial offer was actually five sites. The company wanted five, yes. But I guess just through negotiations, that number went down to three. Later, that later in later reports, Biden again tried to get it down to two, like even pushing to see how yeah. far he could go, which is I think goes back to our conversation about like going in the center and trying mm-hmm. to make both people happy. Trying to compromise, and I think it can be really hard to do that to ride that this line in the middle trying to because you're never going to make everybody happy i think it can almost be worse to try to stay in the middle rather than have like a strong stance on like something you believe in you know yeah and i and i think that's what's going to lead to the alienation of of people because like sure you compromised for me but why didn't you support my side fully or yeah why didn't why you you were quoted when you were and i think a lot of elected officials make a lot of promises when they're running that they don't follow through but it is another thing to just not follow up versus to do the exact opposite of what you said when you were running you know we will not drill on federal land period and then now here we are yeah speaking of promises this (laughs) agreement also made promises that we'll see if get followed up upon the u.s says they will now limit oil miling mining in the Arctic Ocean after this gets built. So okay. basically so, a cap is being put. Yeah, so this oil rig that's being built is like on land and obviously you can drill for oil in the ocean under the water, um, but that leads to a lot of problems. We've seen oil spills happen um, and those are incredibly difficult Not, to clean yeah. up and stuff. So it is, I guess, nice to see that they won't be drilling in the ocean. Um, and so the National Petroleum Reserve in Alaska um, wouldn't really be affected by these new rules because that's all land. So yeah, and it's and it's more protected. I guess they don't want to touch that yeah. because that's kind of like the status quo. Mm-hmm. Uh, you don't want to change things in politics. I think a lot of people, politicians, probably believe that. Yeah. Um, and I think as we discussed earlier, environmental groups say they're going to challenge this in court, but there is no telling how long that yeah. could take. Like court even the Keystone Pipeline yeah. was in court for a long time. Mm-hmm. Um, so we'll we'll see how it goes. We'll, and we'll see. Keep you Maybe we'll have an update some later on in the season. Who knows? Yeah. Um, um, so that's something to track. Like this is all like breaking within the last week. Yeah. People don't know what the true impact is going to be. Yes. Coming up next, um, spring break is in town. is is happening for many. Mm-hmm. Um, it's already one, happened for us, but one place many people go, Florida. Exactly. So we thought this would be a great time to shed some light on something that happens every year in Florida, mm-hmm. but seems to go. Uh, overlooked. You're listening to The Greenhouse on Blaze Radio and blazeradioonline.com. Welcome back to The Greenhouse on Blaze Radio. I'm Pratham Bilal. And I'm Anna Snow, and now we're going to be talking about my home state of Florida. So spring break is upon us, and a lot of people go to Florida for spring break. Um, for various reasons. For various reasons. I went just last week to go home and hang out with my family, but a lot of people go to beaches in Miami and Fort Lauderdale and stuff. Daytona Beach, that's a big one for spring break. Um, And, you know, usually when a lot of people go to a big area, there's chaos and environmental harm. As much as we all love to travel, you have to travel, like, responsibly. 
Exactly. Um, but in this case, the number of people going to Florida um, has shed the light on an issue that Florida experiences in their oceans every year. And a lot of people um, don't know about it, so it wouldn't be something you would really expect if you're not from Florida, and it's called the red tide. Um, so red tide is an algae bloom, and like I said, it happens most years in the springtime. There are years where you won't even really hear about it because, like, it's so far offshore and it's not really affecting us. Um, and so they won't bother to talk about it in the news back home and stuff. But then there's other years, like I remember specifically 2018 and 19, it was pretty bad where they warn you not to go to the beach, not to take your pets to the beach. Like it's a big deal. Yeah. And this all happens because of an algal bloom, um, where like algae kind of Mm -hmm. like grow out of control. And we've talked about algae before, and we've always said this is a problem in like canals next to farms and like where water goes between land. But here, it's a little more weird because it's happening in the ocean mm-hmm. and no one really knows who's to blame. So we want to kind of dive into it and what these algal blooms are. Um, so Florida is experiencing one, and this happens every year. Mm-hmm. As the National Oceanic and Atmospheric Administration says, um, algal bloom, you know, just like a lot of other algae, kills fish, mammals, birds, and it can really affect humans, particularly their lungs. Yeah, so if you breathe in kind of the chemicals or the just what the algae emits it's really bad for your lungs especially if you already have existing lung problems like asthma um it's also really bad for your eyes it'll make your eyes really sting really red um and watery um and your pets can have those same effects as well as um the algae can kind of get into their fur and then you'll be sitting there trying to pet your dog and oh no you're it's hard to breathe and your eyes are all itchy again because it was kind of trapped in their fur Um, So, you know, oftentimes when we have these big algal blooms, you know, we'll see on the news, like, stay away from the beach, like, do not go to the beach, or if you do, like, be careful, don't take your pet, like, um, don't go super close to the water. Um, And just a couple days ago, um, uh, the Palm Beach Post um, was talking about it, and that's Palm Beach County, uh, Florida, it's the county just south of where I live. Um, They posted a video of um, Fort Myers Beach, um, which... And it was on March 6th, and it was just covered, dead fish, all the way across. We the watched the video. We watched it was the video. Real, it was shocking. It was. And I'm like, oh, so my many. God. So that many fish dying is not normal. It can affect the food chain. There's less fish for other animals to eat, as well as those fish now have all the red algae in them. So if something tries to eat them, then they get it. And it's just all over not great. Exactly. Algae is basically a toxin for the ocean. Mm-hmm. Um, the reason it does that, just like all other organisms, is it needs certain things from the ocean to survive. And the biggest one is oxygen. Um, it takes a lot of oxygen from other organisms. Mm-hmm. Um, sometimes the algae is visible and can discolor the water. Other times, completely hidden. Now, luckily, a lot of times the red tide, because of its name, red, uh, makes it visible. Yeah. Uh, but it's not close to shore in any way. Sometimes it comes to shore, but a lot of times it just gets left out. And that is a really big out. problem when it does come to shore. But most of the time it doesn't come that quite that close. Um, it can also prevent uh, sunlight from reaching the, the plants. Um, so a lot of um, seagrass and stuff can die from the algae because it can't. the sun can't get through, or not as much of the sunlight can penetrate through um, that algae that's like on the surface. Um, and basically, um, the... I'm trying to, like, think of, like, the right... The algae... The bloom is natural. It happens mm-hmm. all the time. It generally happens in spring. Most years, it's kind of gone by summer. Um, but some years, it will last stick the around through the summer and even into the fall. And it just... 
like I said, it's very harmful, but it's also not the only type of algae we have. And algae is a naturally occurring um, organism. But one of the main reasons that it gets worse is runoff from farms, particularly sugarcane farms, because there's a lot of those. Um, a lot of the um, pesticides and the chemicals and stuff that's in that water that runs off and leads to the ocean um, can cause the bloom to increase to be more so exactly and since the ocean is not close to a farm mm -hmm. people are kind of curious where this runoff came from it's just i mean all water leads to the ocean eventually um and especially in florida when the ocean is so close all of your creeks and streams and lakes eventually connect so even if you don't think you're dumping pesticides and chemicals into the ocean they end up there mm -hmm. so we want to talk a little bit about how this kind of forms if it isn't humans yeah uh, so here's some science words for you um so this is all happening because of the organism called carina brevis mm -hmm. carina brevis uh and it produces something called brev toxins uh if you're curious basically it's a compound put together uh we googled it for you and here's their <laughs> definition a suite of cyclic cyclic polyether compounds produced naturally together um if you were curious uh, so as we said, red tides form like miles offshore, um, between 10 to 40 miles offshore. So way, way ahead. Um, but it can get caught up in the tide, get up in the natural patterns of water, make it onto the beach. And that's where you get those health problems, the mm -hmm. fish laying on the, so the dead beach. Fish. That's the thing. Even if the red tide itself doesn't reach the shore, these fish do. They wash up on the beach all the time because they're yeah. not swimming. So they get picked up by waves. And, and if they the even if they get left on the ocean floor, whatever they're letting out has the potential to you know mm -hmm. harm something. The um, you go okay. Uh, the Florida Health Department says you know people with asthma should avoid this area because sometimes the wind is another big factor. Uh, this a quick fact for you. This dates all the way back and has been documented in the 1500s. So this has existed before like human industrialization. Mm -hmm. So. It even is, it puts to shame the theory that um, the creeks pollution from the creeks lead into the ocean. Mm -hmm. Like I'm, sh I wonder. There's something more than that, and I wonder yeah. what that is. I think scientists are also trying to figure it out. Yeah, because like that's that thing about the sugarcane and like the farms. I think that's just like a theory. Like I remember hearing that on the news, like when the red tides were really bad. Yeah. Like when I was in high school, like they were they were kind of blaming the sugarcane farms. Yeah. But clearly, this is. And maybe it does, maybe they do make it slightly worse, but I mean, clearly it's been happening. It's odd because a lot of times environmental problems come from something that humans have done in the last 200 years, maybe a discovery yeah. they've made or like mm -hmm. something to increase efficiency. Yeah, the industrial revolution and, you know, pollution and the invention of plastic and all these things that like are directly related to humans. But this one, this is a naturally occurring thing. Exactly. There, no one knows how to stop it because no one knows how it comes. Yes. Uh, there was a research paper that I read, uh, and this is a direct quote from it. It says, there is no demonstrated direct link between human nutrient pollution and Carina brevis red tide formation or frequency. Mm -hmm. So no one knows how it forms. No one knows what contributes to it. Like, what if a lot of sunlight or what if it does better in darkness? Um it's and it is worth noting as well that it's called red tide and it is often red, but it can actually also be brown, green, or even um, some deeper shades of purple. Mm -hmm. And sometimes these algal blooms can last weeks or other times years. I think we were talking about 2018, 2019 was a big one in your mm -hmm. memory. There was another 
giant one in 2005. Yeah. Lasted 13 months. That's crazy. I mean, a full calendar year. It spanned 500 square miles, uh, covered a vast area. Um, now, the red tide is fairly new for this year, mm-hmm. this 2023 version. Uh, it's only lasted a week. It was discovered in about March where it became like a big mm-hmm. thing visible from the sky. Yeah. Um, scientists say that they took about 157 samples to discover that there was red tide available. No word on like how big these samples were, but like the fact that it was so prevalent that you had to try 157 times. Um, yeah. And like I said, it happens kind of, it is kind of a springtime thing that happens and usually kind of goes away and doesn't really have any effects. It'll be interesting to see how long this one lasts. Like I think, um, and if more fish keep washing up on shore, um, you know, I don't go home uh, again until June. So we'll see. Hopefully it's gone by then. Yeah. You know. You'll see it from the plane. Yes. I'll be like, oh, look, there it is. (laughs) Thanks for joining us on today's episode of The Greenhouse. We talked about Florida spring breakers. Be on the lookout for some red. uh, Don't breathe it in. Don't breathe it in. And it's not blood. It is just the red tide. It's not blood. It is algae. Um, But you should still not go in the water if it's red. And uh, we also talked about the breaking news that was coming that came on with the Willow Project and the politics behind this environmental move. You know, the more we do the show, the more I realize I, you know, I would think that everyone wants to protect the planet and have all these pretty natural areas and take care of the animals and all this stuff. But then you get into the politics and you realize there are other things to prioritize. (laughs) Well, thanks for joining us. I'm Pratham Ball. And I'm Anna Snow. Don't forget to tune in next week for all things planet Earth. Thanks, everyone. Have a good day.